This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. What's going on, Grace River Online? My name is Corey Ball, and I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, and I get to hang out with you guys today and uh, and just be a friend from afar and, and, and speak with you all today. So um, Chris is, is doing uh, kingdom work, and I get to just hang out. So um, today, as, as we kind of step into Scripture, I just want to challenge you to take a next step in your journey to meet, know, and follow Christ. And uh, if you have any questions about what that looks like, please message Grace River. Please reach out to us because we want to make sure that we help you in your spiritual journey. Well, today we're in this series uh, on Romans, and we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 4. But before we get there, I think it's really interesting that Paul has this uh, this moment where he's he's kind of teaching to a new culture, right? Like he, he wrote letters to different cultures. He wrote letters to, to Corinth. He wrote letters to Rome. He wrote letters to different places to Ephesus. But when he's writing letters to Rome, he's writing to uh, the kingdom of Rome. He's not writing to the kingdom of America or the U.S. or whatever, right? I mean, we weren't around then, but uh, he's writing to a different kingdom. And so this, this people that he's writing to, the Romans, this group of people, they don't fully understand um, how to follow God. They just heard about God, Yahweh, right? The one and only God. And so Paul is, is writing to a people that understand the gods. They understand the Roman gods, but what they don't understand is Yahweh, right? And so Paul's writing to the Romans and, and he's basically saying, uh, this is how you follow God, not the gods, but God. And what's interesting about the Romans is that they live their entire life trying to be on the God's good side. And so Paul is writing to them, and their question is, how do we get on God's good side? I think you understand what it means to be on a good side or a bad side, right? Uh, fellas, if you want to be on the lady's uh, bad side, go ahead and, and, and just leave the toilet seat up, right? Right, ladies? That's right. Uh, ladies, if, if, if you want to be on uh, the guy's bad side, go ahead and ask a million questions during the Super Bowl or, or during the NHL championship or whatnot, right? Um, so we understand what it means to be on someone's bad side or a good side. If you're a mom, your kids are on your bad side when they ask the same question 10 million times. So we understand what it means to be on a bad side or a good side. The Romans were wondering, how do we get on God's good side? Today, we're going to look at what Paul says about that in Romans chapter 4. And so we're going to start in verse 1. Uh, but before, uh, before Paul even talks about being on someone's bad side, uh, he wants to tell us about this guy named Abraham. He says, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If, this, uh, if his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Some translations uh, say here that, that it's not counted as righteous, but credited to him as righteous. But either way, he wasn't made righteous, but it was credited to him as righteous. And, and here's the deal. There's a big difference between being credited righteousness versus being made 
righteous. Being made righteous is a transformation of one person. To be credited righteousness means this. It would be as if you were going to buy a home and as you walked in to buy the home, they said, hey, uh, you have to have 20% down for the house. And you go, man, I don't have the 20%. I don't have the, the 30, 40, 60, whatever thousand dollars it's going to cost for a down payment of a home. And, and you look at your bank account and all of a sudden somebody credited you that money right? You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it, but it was credited to your account. The Greek word here denotes that type of creditation, that it's being credited or given um, to, uh, uh, to that person. And so Abraham is credited as righteous. He's not made righteous, but he's credited as righteous. But what's interesting here is it says Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God, but what did Abraham believe God for? If we believe God for something, then, then there's, there, there's, a, there's a moment, a reason that we believe God for something. And so we're going to go back to the story because it's actually about the story in Genesis. If you don't know, Abraham is an Old Testament character. He's not a New Testament character. He's an Old Testament character. And so we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 17, uh, verse 15 and 16. We're going to read here. It says, Then God said to Abraham, reading, uh, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly. And she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Now, this is an interesting thing. God says, hey, I have a plan for you, okay? Uh, Abraham, take your wife down to the courthouse. Go ahead and change her name. You need new identities. And you need the power of me to do what only I can do through you. And what I can do through you and what I'm going to do through you is I am going to give you a son. We're going to learn here that uh, Abraham and Sarai, uh, now Sarah, uh, were not too young. They weren't spring chickens. Chapter 17, verse 17. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age, the ripe age, the old age, the dusty age of 100, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she's what? 90 years old. Abraham said, yeah, right, God. Yeah, right. We got dusty plumbing, God. We got dusty plumbing. There's no way that we're about to have a baby. I'm 100. She's 90. Okay. Uh, and, and so he laughs at God. And, and let me just say this, just as a, as a side note, I, 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 before we go on, um, we may look at this and go like, Abraham laughed at God. Like, what a fool. But I love that Abraham laughed at God. I think it says a lot about the closeness that Abraham had with God. I think it's interesting here because, um, you know, oppressors, um, or rather the oppressed, they don't laugh at their oppressors, right? Um, you know, people who are, 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 are slaves, they don't laugh at their slave masters. And sometimes people look at the relationship that we have with God and they're like, okay, well, Christians, they're just the slaves of this God. They're just oppressed by this God and so they have to serve him. But, but, but slaves don't laugh at slave masters and oppressed don't, does not laugh at the oppressor. Um, you know who laughs at someone else? Children laugh at their fathers. It was just Father's Day recently and we know this, right? Uh, families laugh together. Children laugh at their dads because there's a closeness there and there's a freedom felt there. There's a love felt there. They're able to laugh without fear of, of retribution, without fear of being punished. 
And so Abraham laughs at God, and I think in some ways um, it's, it's good because it shows the closeness here. Abraham laughed, but God didn't. Verse 19, then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. And so the name is already picked out. And Abraham, he goes to Sarah and he tells her, hey, listen, we're going to have a baby. Yes, a baby. You know how we planned on this 60 years ago and I built that crib? Girl, you better pull that crib back out, all right? Because we got to put a baby in it. God, he talked to me and we're going to have a baby. Abraham is saying this and, you know, Sarah, she thinks this is a, you know, a reverse TikTok prank. Like you've seen these, right? Where the wives are like, hey, honey, we're pregnant again, you know? And they're like, oh my gosh, we're 50 or we're 40 or whatever. Like, what do you mean? And, uh, and, and so she's thinking like, it's a reverse TikTok prank or something. But verse 12, we get her exact reaction. It says this, chapter 18, verse 12. It says, so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, well, I now have this pleasure. I love that she doesn't say she's old. Abraham, he's like, I'm old. My wife, she's old. She goes, no, I'm worn out, right? Uh, Abraham's known by his age. She's known by her condition. I'm just worn out. Um, so she says that she is worn out. And then in verse 13 through 14, it says this. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I love that he's asking this about himself, by the way. God is asking this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for me? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I don't know where you're at in your life right now. I don't know why you tuned in this morning. I don't know why you've listened this far. Maybe you're at a place where the resumes aren't getting the response that they need to and the bills are piling up. Maybe you're at a place uh, yourself where you're trying to have a baby and month after month the pregnancy tests are coming back negative. Maybe you're at a place where you have a child that, is, uh, that you love so desperately but they're also so desperately running from the Lord. They're running hard from the Lord. I don't know what's going on in your life but I think there are times like this where we have to ask ourselves, is there anything is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything that the Lord can't do? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? God holds Sarah accountable through Abraham. And he asked God, um, Abraham, uh, why did Sarah laugh? Or God asked Abraham, rather, why did Sarah laugh? In verse 15, we see this. Abraham kind of sticks up. He goes, well, Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But, but the Lord said, no, no you, you did laugh. You, you, you did laugh. And, uh, and so Sarah tries to pull it over on God, and God goes, no, you did. You did laugh. In verse 18 through 19, uh, it says this uh, in, in Romans chapter 4, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now, without weakening in his faith, he, Abraham, faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. I love that it says he faced the facts. He, he faced the facts, and sometimes uh, we need to face the facts. And when we face the facts, often what comes out of that is that we cannot do that thing, that we can't do it, but only God can do it through us. Often the best thing that we can do as Christ followers is to be like Abraham and Sarah, 
to face the facts and go, God, I, I can't do it. I can't have the baby. I, I can't. I, we've tried. I'm 100. I'm 90. God, I, 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 can't, I can't get my resume across to the, I can't get a job. God, I can't, I can't share the gospel with us. I've tried. God, I need you. Lord, whatever's going on in my life, uh, God, the cancer is there, and I can't, I can't will it away. God, I, I, I need you to take care of this, to face the facts. Often, when we face the facts, faith rises out of that. And this is one thing I know. I know that God has a plan for your life. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if it's, if it's starting a business or starting a nonprofit ministry. I don't know if it's, if it's adopting a child, if it's writing a book, starting a podcast. It could be something great. It could be something small. Maybe it's something great for your life, and it's going to be great in the life of others, but maybe it's something small, and, and you're going to be a small part of somebody else's great story, and that's okay, too. Maybe, maybe you're going to be investing in the next generation. You're going to be mentoring someone uh, from one, day one through day 10,000. Maybe you're going to be raising a child. Maybe you're going to be teaching the next generation. I love this proverb. It's not a biblical proverb. It's just a cultural proverb. It's from the Greeks. Okay, It's a Greek proverb. It says, A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they shall never sit. What trees are you planting in the next generation? What faith seeds are you planting that are going to grow into great trees in the next generation? When you see what God wants to do with your life, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Believe. So my question today is that does God have your reserved yes? God, yes. God, God wants me to come out of retirement to do what? Yes. God, you want me to quit my career, the career that I got a degree in and spent all this time and money and years in to do what now? Yes. God, you want me to use my skills to help out who? Yes. Does God have your reserved yes? That no matter what, it's a reserved yes. Here's some next steps, questions here for you. Number one, uh, what goals, dreams, or visions has God given me that I need to take a step, a, a step, a step of faith towards? Uh, what goals, dreams, or visions has God given me that I need to take a step of faith towards? I think for some of you, God has been speaking to you for a long time. This is just a reminder. This is something where you're like, again, are you kidding me? Yes, I get it. I need to take that step. But maybe today's the day that you go, yes, uh, God, I will, rather than yes, I get it. Instead of, yes, I understand the reminder, maybe it's, yes, God, I'm in, because you have my reserved yes. The second question is this, what goals, dreams, or vision has God given others around me that I could support? Who else is around you that you could help them, that you could be planting these faith seeds, and you could be planting these shade trees, these faith seeds that will turn into shade trees, under whose shade you may never sit, but the kingdom of God will be better because of it. Remember when we read earlier on that God credited righteousness to Abraham. Why did God do this? Because Abraham believed God. He believed God for a baby at 100 years and his wife at 90 years. And God credited to him righteousness based on his trust in God. Abraham received righteousness because of his faith in God. And we do the same. How do we receive righteousness? The same way. Let me show you this. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's what faith is. Having faith in Jesus and his work is, uh, is having confidence and assurance that his work on the cross is sufficient and it will do more work in my life than I can do for myself on my own. 
One time this group of people, they came to Jesus and, and they asked this in John chapter 6, verse 28, as we wrap up here, it says, Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work God requires? What must we do? Because we, we, we want to follow God. We want to we live for him. Like, what's the work? What's the work that God wants us to do? And here's the response that's so interesting. I want you to, I want you to hear this, verse 29. Jesus answered, The work of God is this to believe in the one he has sent. The work is belief. It's not doing, it's belief. And this was so hard for the, for the Jewish culture to hear this because they had 613 laws, this list of do's and don'ts. Do this, don't do this, 613 different things. And, and so they, they wanted to do something or not do, abstain, in order to, uh, to, to, to do the work that God required, in order to be in good standing with him, in order to be on his good side. But the response that Jesus gave was this, it's, it's to believe in the one that he has sent, a.k.a. Jesus is saying, believe in me. That's the work. And this is so hard for us because we want a list, too. We, we want to participate in our own righteousness. We, we, we want, you know, three points or seven habits or ten steps, etc., into righteousness, into good standing with God. But Jesus is saying the work is to believe. We want to do righteousness, but we can't do righteousness. We have to receive righteousness. Abraham received righteousness, and the question is, uh, would you today receive righteousness? My question is, can we be people who don't laugh at God? Although, it's a good thing that Abraham laughed because it showed his closeness with God. When God shows you the plan that he has for your life, can you be someone who doesn't laugh at that, but instead says, God, you have my reserved yes. And other people in your life who have big, big God dreams and visions and goals, that God is revealing what he wants them to do, would you partner with them and come shoulder to shoulder with them and say, you know what, we're going to be some, we're going we're to be faith friends, not just fun friends, but we're going to be faith friends and we're going to work together for the kingdom of God. And collectively, God has our reserved yes. And maybe it's time to start that nonprofit ministry. Maybe it's time to start that business. Maybe it's, it's time to start that thing that's going to better our community and, and answer some, some kingdom issues, right? Some, some things that are, some, some problems, some issues that are just beating on heaven's doors. Maybe it's time for you to step in and say, we're going to live on the solution side of this problem and we're going to make our, our community a better place and we're going to leech the kingdom of God into the community around us and the love of Jesus. But we're going to do it together. God has our collective reserved yes. If that's you today, I, I, what I want to do is I just want to pray for you as, as we end here, as we close, um, because I believe that, that God hears us. He hears our prayers. He cares. And as he reveals his plan for our life, uh, we want to give him our yes. And so, Father, I, I pray that, uh, that you would hear our prayers. First of all, God, I pray that you would consecrate us, that you would, you would cleanse us. Lord, your scripture says that you are far from the wicked, but you hear the prayers of the righteous. 
And so, Lord, I pray that for the, the, the men and women who are listening to this still, who are, who are praying through this, who are being called into doing something greater and bigger with their life, something more grand with their life, uh, something that is uncomfortable for them. Maybe it's them coming out of retirement. Maybe it's them changing their career path. Maybe it's them making a huge uh, life change. Maybe it's them moonlighting some hours um, to, to, to give to the kingdom of God. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would take their reserved yes and that you would do incredible things through it. And Lord, I pray they wouldn't just do it alone. But God, I pray that there would be people that would surround them, would come alongside of them and say, we're going to impact the kingdom of God through the way that we love our community, through the way that we help the people in our community meet, know, and follow you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would teach us, God, that we can't do righteousness, but we just receive it. And the way that we receive it is by our belief in you. The work that you require of us is that we would, we would believe in you. And so, Father, today I pray that there would be someone out there that this would be uh, just breaking some chains in their heart. Lord, they would say, God, I, I'm, I'm believing in you. Lord, I, I want to be declared righteous, but God, not only do you have my reserved yes, but God, I'm tired of trying to do righteousness. I'm tired of trying to, to, to make myself in right standing with you and to get on your good side. But God, I know this, that based off of what we read today and based off of what I've been hearing lately, Lord, I just need to receive it. And so God, I receive your righteousness. I place my faith in you to be my savior. And if that's you, uh, I just pray that you would, you would let someone here at Grace River know God, we, we thank you for salvation in you. We thank you for next steps in you. And Lord, we pray that, we pray that you, would, you would use today's message to change people's hearts. And uh, it's all this as we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.